0: I want to share with you a couple of things and and the real thing I want to share about is we make big big deal things about certain situations. For instance, it's graduation season coming up. Can I get a witness, right? And in graduation season, man, you Hawaiians, you guys know how to put on graduation parties. Can I get a witness out there, right? In fact, I'm a little ashamed because there's some weddings that I officiate that is not as good and glamorous as graduation parties. Can I get a witness out there, right? I mean, last year, I had one of my football boys, and they had a black and white Party graduation party. You know what kind of party I had? you guys remember uh, uh, Muncha was that Muncha Lao? You guys remember Muncha Lao. Right? You had the $10 plates, all you can eat, right? That was my graduation party because my family was Hawaiians and broke. That's what we did back then. But now we make big deals about graduation parties. Another thing, you know, our family, we made a big deal about was on Thursday, we got a call from the CPS that a six-month baby girl needed a placement, right? And so, like, you're looking at Lane right now. We have a six-month baby girl with us right now. Praise Jesus. Can I get a hallelujah? Amen, right? Now... There's no promises whether or not we're going to have her permanently, but that's not the reason why we went into foster care. The reason why we went through foster care is that people would be impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not just the child, but also the families, and that reconciliation can take place. My wife and I, we really believe that's one of the main reasons we came back home, is to be involved in foster care. So we make a big deal about foster care. But there's a big deal happening this whole week. In fact, it almost looked like a circus if you knew. Like there was every church on social media worldwide talking about their Easter service. I mean, what is the big deal about Easter? Can I get a witness out there, right? Like we do it once a year. Why does everybody go to church on Easter? Well, I want to give you a couple information before going into my text this morning. And there's two reasons why Easter is a big deal. There's a secular reason why number one people are all involved in the easter eggs and the bunny rabbit and we're not that church that like hey that's a paganistic thing we're not that church actually the easter egg and the bunny rabbit started in the late 1500s in germany where they would celebrate coming out of winter and going into spring and what that meant was there was a new transitional life for you Hawaiians who grew up here. You know, you don't know, um, you don't even understand what winter is. Can I get a winter over here? <laughs> We're a different Polynesian. Now, now the Ata Aote- right? The Māori, they understand what winter is. They get snow on the land, on the aina and all that. But we know, we do not know. Anything about winter to spring here. Oh, we all like we were in Tennessee during sabbatical for two months And I saw all you guys complaining that it was 55 degrees. Hello, Hawaii. That's fat boy weather when I come from <laughs> I Mean, that's the kind that you can finally use one sheet for cover yourself, you know what I'm saying other than that you almost naked at Hawaiian growing up. You know what I'm talking about but when we was in Tennessee it was almost single-digit time You complain now, that's okay, right? And it's all that. And so I want you to realize that we make big deals about that. So, for the German people, for Eastern Europe, it was all about celebrating new life from winter into spring. But secondly, we celebrate Easter because of this resurrection of Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness there, right? This is why we gather together. I'm not gonna assume that everyone in this room has commonality in this reality. One of the most famous services and most important uh, service that people come to that don't normally come to church is Easter and not Christmas. Easter has been made a big deal through secular culture and Christian culture because they have one thing in common, whether you see a paganistic view or a Christian view or secular view, it has one theme, and it is life. How many of you need life this morning, right? We all need life. We all have weeks that, man, is beyond our control. Life sometimes punches you in the face, and you don't know how to punch back and I get a witness out there, right? And so so Easter is very important because it reminds us of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But what does that mean to some of us in this room? Some of you may not have gone, grown up in church. Some of you have not been like me. Though I grew up in the Hawaiian homestead and all this stuff, I still had, I, I had a Christian background. But I didn't live up to that Christian background. I was your typical pastor's keiki, right? I, I would get high and wasted on Saturday and lead worship on su- Sunday. Can I get a witness there? But it wasn't until I was 18 years old that Jesus changed this Kanaka's heart. I went to one of the worst places you think any young Hawaiian brother would go. Sin City, Las Vegas, right? Graduated on a Friday, jumped on a Hawaiian Airlines on a Saturday, arrived Sunday evening in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I went up there to sow my royal oats. Can I get a witness up there, right? I had an agenda, Hawaiians. I had a schedule of what I was about to do. But I met this man, this big man, six foot six of a giant, Howley Brother, redneck from Alabama. And he pointed me to Jesus. And he shared the greatest truth that I've ever heard in my life. He said, Zeke, Christianity is not about what you do for God. Christianity is about what God has done for you. So anything we do today is in direct connection to what God has already done through his son, Jesus And so we come to a familiar passage for us Christians in the book of Romans. Would you turn there? Chapter 5. Romans is written by the apostle named Paul, and he is writing to the Roman citizens. And Paul did not advance the gospel in Rome. In fact, there are other Christians who are persecuted in Jerusalem that Went holo, holo, all the way to Italy and went to Rome and shared the gospel. And so a church began, a Christian body began. And Paul is writing on behalf of those people who went there to take the gospel and encourage them there. Would you stand with me in the reading of the word? It says in chapter 5, beginning in verse Twelve. Would you say that one word with me? One, two, three. Therefore. Ho'omao kau Just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to what? All men, because all sin. Jump down to verse 19. For as by the one man disobedience, the, man, the many were made sinners. So by the one man obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, help me out, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Mahalo Give us ears to hear, give us eyes to see. Would you cut our heart today? Would we receive you by faith, by your grace alone, through faith alone? We love you. And God's Ohana says, "Amen." Noho'ilalo. You may be seated. We make big feels about things, right? I'm a football coach. And for some reason, my football players make big deals about jewelry, right? And one of the big things they make big deal about is these earrings with crosses in it, right? And they would wear this like like they're okoli no stink. Can I get a witness out there, right? (laughs) Right, right? They would act like they are all that. Right? But you know this generation is a little bit different from my generation. We get text warriors. Can I get out there? Yeah? Social media text warriors. My dad, we never have that. So we really have to be warriors. Can I get a witness, right? I mean, you said something. Hawaiian, I won't come over and I'm gonna lick you, your mother, and your father all at the same time, right? Now I'm not here to boast in sin, but that's the reality of our culture. We've shifted to this passiveness of conversations. Right? We got to text all the time. We can't even call people anymore, right? I'm guilty. How many of you text more than you call on your phone? Raise your hand. Now, how many of you have broke the commandment and just lied? Raise your hand. Right? We all text. We all. And the reality is, in our verses, it says that we are flawed, Hawaiians. You, me, Hawaiians, we're flawed. And the Bible says that we're not just flawed, but we are dead in our sin. Now, this may not sound good to you, but we're going to have some loamy, loamy time after this. Can I get a witness, right? You are not all that. I don't think that even makes sense, language, right? That's all right. We pigeon over here. Hallelujah. The reality is you need saving. And so we see two realities of Easter. The first reality is this. Easter tells us. That we are in need of salvation, right? Well, what is salvation? Why are we in need of salvation? The answer to that is because every one of you are sinners. In our text today, it says that we are dead in our sin. Oh, not much amens this morning from that, right? It's not very popular to tell people and confront them of their sin. Can I get a witness? Listen to me. You should want people to be a one hundred with you. You should want people to tell you the truth, that you're sinful, that you' are not all of that, that you listen to me, apart from the gospel, there is no gospel apart from you hearing bad news. And the bad news is that everyone in this room deserves death. You may say, me, I'm a good person. OK, let's test that. How many of you have disobeyed your parents before? Raise your hand. You're a sinner. How many of you still disobeying your parents? Raise your hand. You're a sinner. Thank you, niece. Thank you, niece. I love you. Nephew, you just raise up your hand because you, your sister wouldn't raise her hand. All right, there you go. Okay, listen to me, Hawaiians. How many of you have stole something before? All right, okay. You're still a sinner, right? Right. How many of you, when you woke up, you were on fire for Jesus and you spent time with Jesus first? Raise your hand. Okay, one of you, all of you the rest of you are sinners. <laughs> How many of you cuss? Oh. Now now let, let, let me let me let me say that again. Because I know more people cussing here. <laughs> and it may not be I mean us Hawaiians, we cannot even say the F word properly. Can I get a witness, right? Like, there's an ER at the end, not an A. (laughs) You guys ready? This one's gonna hurt more. You ready? How many of you laugh at sin? You're a sinner. How many of you have lied before? You're a sinner. Now, if you didn't raise your hand, raise your hand now. You just committed sin. (laughs) You are a sinner. And the reason why we laugh is because we treat sin as it's a candy store. Choose and pick what you want. When in all reality, the text says this morning, your sin separates you from God. Therefore, it is God's right to make you dead. And it, it, he will be just to send every single one of us straight to hell in all his justice. The Bible makes it clear in this, well, what is sin? Sin is the breaking of God's law. And we just saw a bunch of lawbreakers in this room today. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, yeah. you want a lawbreaker, Hawaiian? Yeah. Tell your other Neighbor. Shame on you! Look, look, sin is going on right now. Look, that's you, That's you, That's you. Yes, thank you, Tita. Point the finger back to yourself. The Bible makes it clear a list of commandments to abide by, as well as a list of sins to not participate in. We see this in Genesis chapter 2, where God tells Adam and Eve to eat of everything in the garden, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they did not listen, so they disobeyed God, We became sinful because of that, Exodus, uh, Exodus 20, verse 1 to 17, said God gave 10 commandments. We see in the entire Torah, in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, there's over 600 plus laws that God has told his people to abide by and they still failed it and we still fail them today can I get a witness right in addition the new testament is filled with affirmations of a list of sins and laws of us not of us to abide by and us to not abide by and the reality with the reality is everyone in this room struggles with sin because here's the second question right where did sin come from now, we may think, oh, sin came from the garden, where Adam and Eve, if you've been in church Adam and Eve disobeyed God. Sin goes further back than the garden. In fact, sin began in heaven with an angel named Lucifer. The Bible says that Lucifer was the most beautiful of all the angels. It also says that Lucifer wanted to be just like God, even greater. We know this from Isaiah chapter 14 and in the book of Revelation that it is clear that Lucifer tried to be greater than God. And there was a war that went up in heaven and Michael the archangel and a host of angels went against Lucifer and Lucifer took majority of the angels with him. Today we know as fallen demons. They may look like different aspects in different cultures. In Hawaiian culture we call them night marchers. In Hawaiian culture we call them we we can call them amakuas. I mean all of these things are a reflection of Lucifer and what he did in heaven. And I want you to see how strong God is. God told Michael to kick that joker out of heaven. And him and the fallen angels was released from heaven. But they had to go somewhere. Where do you think these fallen angels went? Earth. And the fall of man, the doctrine of the fall of man teaches us that in Genesis 3, where Lucifer was in the garden and he continued to be in opposition to God by tempting the man and the woman. And he does the most significant thing we see in scripture today he did not attack the man first. The first human that was created by God, he created the second human, the woman. God said one thing in the creation, that everything was good, but there was one thing that was not good, and that was man should not be alone. But Adam did exactly what God said was not good. He left the woman alone, and the woman was attacked by Satan right? Guys, say this with me. Mahalo, Adam. Like, Say it like you mean it. Mahalo, Adam. Adam. And you may say, why why are we Mahalo, Adam? Well, let me share these words with you from Genesis. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. So now he's not even being called an angel anymore. He's being called a deformity of sin. He's being called serpent. So he's been demoted now from angel to serpent. God. This is a perfect example of counterfeit. I don't want to be like somebody. I want to be greater. That's what counterfeit gospels teaches us, right? It goes and says, but the serpent, knowing good, the serpent said, let's go back up. The serpent said to the woman, you will surely die for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be what? Open and you will be Knowing God and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to us. Let me stop right there. All food look good to me. Can I get a witness? (laughs) Hawaiian, I don't look like this because I don't like food. I look like this because they look, right? I mean, there's a reality in that. So we see this pride take place. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was a delight to her eyes, and that was the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he, help me out, ate. And the eyes of both were open, And they knew that they were what? Naked. And they sold fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. We could go continue on in the study, but here's the lesson in this story. Here's a reality truth on our screen. As followers of Christ, because you have not experienced something, it does not mean that it was meant for you to experience. I want you to hear that. Because you see something good, that doesn't mean it was meant for you to experience. We're living in a day and age where everybody's shacking up and sleeping with each other. No longer we're seeing people committed to one man, one woman, one lifetime. We're seeing people going all over the place. Why? Because it's the root of sin. Sin has caused, oh no, this guy was evil. He was good for us. No, it's sin is the issue. We can go deeper in other subjects, but everything points to say He doesn't have an alcohol issue. He doesn't have an addiction issue. He has a sin issue. And I want you to shape, let this shape your life today. When God tells you something, it is for your good. He should know better. Can I get a witness? He is God. He, I mean, look at it. He, his goal is not to trick you into the opposite of his character. His goal is to conform you to his character. But the issue with churches today, we have people who bounce from church to church to church to church because they're not being filled, and that's a sin issue. Your job is not to get something from the church. Your job is to be the church. And so because of Adam and Eve, there's two doctrinal words that, ex- that is expressed through our life. Number one, we've inherited sin. You've heard the statement, one rotten apple has spoiled what? Thank, thank you. Mahalo. Mahalo, Adam and Eve. Thank you, it's all right. It says, our verses say that sin came through one man and spread to all men, death included with it. What does that mean? When Adam and Eve sinned, we became dead to God and alive to sin. This is what Romans 3 says. He says, for all have sinned and fall short of the what? Glory of God. This means every single person passed Present future, all right, has come into this world, dead to God and alive to sin. Yes, even those cute little babies. You may say, Oh, here we go, Kahu. Here we go. Let me tell you something. Who would teach babies how to cry? Oh, you are so theologian. Wait, Hawaiians. Not everybody Christian like you oh hello who teach the baby how to cry three o'clock in the morning eh? who teach the baby how to poop on purpose so she can get carried right Heller? right <laughs> who teach the baby that they can be cuddled but say, oh but that's love but they're asking they're nagging they're begging for something they don't deserve babies don't deserve cuddling Oh, here's this pastor. He's preaching heresy. Okay, let me make it with you. Because look, you see that little cute thing right there? Let's just be all the... Hawaiian, we'll be on the same page, okay? You can stole me after this. I'm all good, all right? You see this baby? That's a cute bundle bunch of sin right there. It said all have sinned. The word didn't say some have sinned. It says every person, every tutu, every makuokanehine, every opio, every keiki, napepe, everyone has sinned because of inherited sin. The second doctrinal word I want to share with you is we were imputed by sin. The word imputation means to be injected. How many of you like shots, right? Amen. Me too. I hate shots, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord, right? Sometimes we have to be very careful how we coach our kids into going to the doctors, because if you got to go for a checkup, Hawaiians, what are you going to get? One shot. Hey, you don't need to be a theologian for notice. You can say it loud, okay? All right. going to get one shot. you going to get one shot, and you know what? You know what hurts the most? It's not the baby getting the shot. It's you being the parent right there, watching the baby get... Can, it's like I speak to clowns over here this morning. You're alive this morning. Huh? Come on. Don't look at me holding it out. I just like, I'm from the homestead. I just like you holding all right? Put on my pants just the same way. Just slow. I'm bigger these days, all right? All right? When we go to the doctor, I mean, the hardest thing, I mean, Kainalu was probably the worst. And you guys know, the bug is busy. I mean, Kainalu, I mean, that bug. you got to hold him. And they're like six guys that come in here when you are about to get a shot. The power of sin, that but that's the reality. We've been imputed with sin, and to, since the age of the day, we've been imputing ourselves with things that God didn't create for us to experience because of sin. Number three question How do you kill sin? How do you get rid of sin? Well, in our verses, verses, five, uh, verses 20 to 21 of chapter 5 of Romans says it this way listen, I hold on. Oh, hey. It says, now the law came into what? Increase the trespass. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ. The one man, Adam, has ruined us for all eternity, But then God, the second Adam, He did what only He could do, because He was righteous. He was perfect. So how do we kill sin? Our last truth is this. Easter tells us that salvation can only come through who? Christ. How do we kill sin? The answer is easy, simple. Jesus Christ but listen to me there is one thing you have to understand you cannot earn Christ what you earned was death and separation from God because of your sin for me this what makes the gospel more honor more better Because every religion teaches that this is what you have to do, all right, to get God or to be porno with God. But the gospel is different. The gospel says this is what God had done in order for you to receive salvation. So the answer is, do you have sin in your life today? If you do, you came to the perfect place. You're at the location where hypocrites abound. You're at the location where sinners abound. But the text says where sin is increased, grace abounds even more. Bakahu, you don't know my wahine. This sister's one but Bakahu, you don't know my husband. He is a thief. He's a liar. Listen to me. We all have something in common. We need salvation. And salvation comes through Christ alone. Second Corinthians says it this way. For our sake, he, Jesus, made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him we might become the what? Righteousness of God. The Lord Jesus. He became what he was never. He became sin itself. And he said that as he was on the cross. As he was nailed on the cross. There was a separation between him and his father. And it says the father turned his back on his son. Because he demonstrated his love for the world. That while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That's the gospel. I didn't do anything to climb on that cross to earn God's recognition and God's salvation or acceptance. I could do nothing in my sin because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I needed someone more better than me. His name is Jesus. Today, if you have sin in your life coming up, in just a moment, you're going to get to repent. You're going to get to ask for forgiveness. I'm going to ask our elders to come to the stage right now. And I want you to respond three ways. Number one, come down and pray with our elders. Tell our elders, man, I get freaking crap in my life. I know that's how you Hawaiians say that sin, right? That's contextualized, right? Maybe, maybe the S word is in there. maybe, but You get junk in your life and you need saving. Come confess that to our elders. Our elders don't have the power to save. Jesus has. This is just a response for his glorious power. Secondly, you can come and use this, old, this step as an old-school fashion altar. Come to it. Remember, there's no power in the altar. There's power in Jesus. The word of God that was proclaimed that you heard today, you're convicted. Come now. Thirdly, you can stand where you are and you can sing with our praise team, but respond in those three ways. Hawaiians, no be shame. We Ohana, and the great theologians Lilo and Stitch says nobody get what. Nobody get what. But the reality is people will be left behind because they will reject the gospel. Do not reject the gospel today. Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, not based on what you do, but what Christ has done. Because the only thing we've done is we've put sin on that cross. Repent. Ask for forgiveness. Trust in Jesus. Believe in Him. And be new. God, we love you. We pray for your power right now. Do what only you can do. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We love you and we respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's Ohana says,